MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, September 30th, 2019. Today, the impeachment plan takes shape, a cover-up of the cover-up, a judge blocks another Trump immigration policy, Karen Pence in the Access Hollywood tape, and Ellen Weintraub is trolling Maine Justice. I'm your host, AG, and with me today are Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. How you doing? Good. Great. Yeah. Is that a good weekend? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah. productive. I Sweet. whipped Sweet. out like bonus episode for the Racial Model Show, and I think I did two interviews. Oh, cool. Killing it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I um, was up in Hollywood, got to hang out with Jack Bryan and um, Motion Waters, a, a musician who does like a really great composition for uh, a lot of podcasts and, and, and shows and stuff like that. And nice. Cool people. Cool. Um, it is, uh, f- first of all, we're up over 6,000 followers on Twitter at Dilly Beans Pod. So cool. As soon as we hit 20,000, <clears> we're going to pick a random person and Jason and I, um, that's our network CEO for Starburns. We're going to fly out and have, have dinner with you and a friend, uh, to anywhere in the lower 48. We might go further. I don't know, but it d- depends. Wait, what is the lower 48? Lower 48 states. Oh, mm-hmm. you guys aren't going to, you're not going to do international stuff? I don't think we can afford to. <laughs> oh, I see, I see. No worries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anywhere in the cool, lower though. 48. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, we, you know, we'll have some other prizes, too. So, you know, just check that out. Wait, why is it called lower 48? Because it's lower than Alaska. But what about Hawaii? I think, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, some people call it CONUS, the continental United States. Oh, I'm learning so many things right now. <laughs> oh. Or what if, okay, okay, I don't think it'd be cheaper if you flew someone from international places because a lot of fans were saying that they like the ones that couldn't go to our tours they were like that'd be perfect for like one of the international fans but then okay that'd be tricky mm-hmm. and you can't have a felony so that's a problem too so <laughs> gotta be yeah there's a lot, of, a lot of things to consider. <laughs> yeah yeah you never know <laughs> yeah uh yeah it, it, there's a lot of different restrictions for travel too so but you know we're gonna do our best to, to get there um you know might go to hawaii i don't know we'll see uh it depends on what kind of flights we could get we'll look at we'll look into it but all you have to do to be entered is follow us at Daily Beans Pod on Twitter. Uh, also, time to switch to the Daily Beans feed if you have not. Um, I know how many people are downloading and listening to these episodes, and I know how many people are not subscribed <laughs> on the Daily Beans feed. It has its own feed because we're going to be removing it from the Muller She Wrote feed. So take a moment, um, you know, after, you know, hit pause, search for Daily Beans on your pod player and subscribe there so that you can get that directly. And that will help on your Google Play thing, too, because if you have Google Play, it only stores three episodes at a time or something. And if you only want Muller She Wrote and you only want Daily Beans, you it can be tough to keep a lot in there. So that'll really help you out. And it'll help us out, too, because, like I said, we're going to be pulling pulling those out. We're going to stop importing them into the Moshi Wrote feed. And so we don't want you to think that we've disappeared. Uh, and we're going to wire the studio for video starting soon. And that'll uh, be just for patrons. So sign up at patreon.com slash the daily beans. And we have a new Super Space Beans mug. We have a new design for $10 subscribers. You can check that out at thedailybeanspod.com under shop if you want to see what it looks like. Um, they're very cool. I like them very much. They're neat, retro. She's space ladies out there with a helmet with little, zoom, mm-hmm. little antennae. It's great. I like it. Um, so uh, we have a lot of news to get to today. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. So let's see if I can do an update on the whistleblower scandal. So we, <laughs> we had a lot of stuff go down. Uh on Friday after the episode came out that we put out. So we had Volker resign. Uh, Volker is the State Department. um, He works the State Department. He's the special envoy to Ukraine. He's the guy that Giuliani tried to tank uh, when he went on Laura Ingram on Fox News and showed a bunch of text messages saying he wasn't going rogue, that the State Department was um, telling him, instructing him, directing him to do this. So Volker, and Volker's like a McCain guy. He's not a Trump guy. So he, he resigned, and, and the the word on the street is he did that so that he can freely testify. Uh, and he's scheduled to testify in three committees starting as, as early as this Thursday. I don't know if they're going to be public or not. Uh, the Thursday one is a deposition, which means it'll be videotaped, and it'll be uh, questions will be asked by... 
um, counsel, not the members of the Senate Intelligence Committee. Um, <clears throat> the White House confirmed they placed some of the calls and meeting transcripts into a code classified secure system usually reserved for sensitive national security issues. And so all these Republicans who are saying that the whistleblower is secondhand knowledge and it's it's fake like the Steele dossier or whatever the hoax, whatever they're fucking saying, they're wrong because it's been corroborated multiple times now. And this is one of the ways because the White House, it says in the whistleblower complaint that uh, they, you know, some of the lawyers had concerns that Pete, they were squirreling away these classified documents and, and memos and notes of calls and meetings in this code word secured classified system to hide them, you know, from keep them from being leaked is the is Trump's spin on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that uh, the White House admitted that. So that corroborates the whistleblower complaint. The actual transcript of the call, which I don't think is a transcript, but is more of a memo of what was included in the call. Uh, <clears throat> was released, and that corroborates exactly what the whistleblower said. And um, former officials told the press that not only was the Ukraine call hidden in that system, but so was a call, at least one call with Putin and at least one call with Mohammed bin Salman. Then a bombshell Friday, <clears throat> as we learned another tidbit about the Oval Office meeting with Lavrov and Kislyak, that big news came out uh, a while ago, but that meeting was in the Mueller report, uh, and was that Trump leaked classified inform you know Trump leaked classified information from Israel to the Russians and then told them he fired Comey and lifted the Russia pressure uh, and then called Comey some names but now in never before heard reporting we've learned that notes from that meeting were hidden in the, in a classified system I don't know if it's the same one as the as the Putin and MBS calls but uh, it included Trump telling the Russians he wasn't concerned about he admitted that that Russia interfered in the elections and he wasn't concerned about it because that's what America does to other oh countries. My God. Um, and I'm pretty sure the call with MBS will have to do with Jamal Khashoggi. So put some beans on that. Mm-hmm. And the, the Putin call could be about anything that Trump. I mean, Trump has done so much for Russia. All we have to do is think about every move Trump has made that Russia loves or has come out in support of. He could have told them he's holding back the 250 million, uh, which ended up being 400 million from Ukraine. Or prom- he could have told him about promise to defund the European reassurance initiative with NATO. Uh, to protect Ukraine from Russia could be about lifting sanctions or not applying the the new ones or could be about anything with Saudi Arabia. Uh, He could, you know, having discussions with Putin about Saudi Arabia could be about the spy that was exfiltrated from the Kremlin or or, or like a spy list Mm -hmm. or pulling troops out of Syria. Putin loved that. Or uh, he could have talked about election interference or halting the Manafort investigation. Uh, in Ukraine. Remember mm-hmm. when he did that? Mm-hmm. When he promised javelins and then all of a sudden Ukraine stopped investigating Manafort and sharing that information with Mueller under a treaty we signed in 1988 that allows us to pass that information back and forth. <clears throat> and it's hard to know because our tough on Russia president has done Putin about 50 favors, but I have a feeling we'll find out and I have a feeling we'll find out soon. And we'll have more on the whistleblower scandal later in the show. But it's it, the the news Crazy. is it's it's insane. So all fast of, moving. It, it really is. And mm-hmm. Um, we're glad, you know, I, I hope we can bring it all to you, break it all down for you. Um, as it happens, it's just coming at like a fire hose pace. Seriously. <laughs> so <laughs> trying to just stay standing is, is hard. Yeah, definitely. We went over a lot of that stuff in more detail too on the Mueller Shiro main episode too, if you want to listen to that. Yeah, we, uh, we definitely mm-hmm. had a little more time to suss all that out mm-hmm. uh, and, and talk about the details of it. Um, so impeachment is rolling along with a new goal to vote on articles by Thanksgiving. Yes, choo-choo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> impeachment train. That'll be the sweetest Thanksgiving ever. I know. It really oh, will, yeah. God. It'll make for crazy times for people that have Trump-supporting relatives. Oh, yes. But well, I don't. Oh, so. no, that's so true. <laughs> yeah, I feel your pain, guys. I mean, yeah. I feel it, you know, through spirit, not through experience. But, yeah, um, yeah that's tough. That we sounds really tough. start a support group for Thanksgiving discussions about impeachment. Totally, yeah. totally. <laughs> my family, uh, my greater family just stopped getting together for thanksgiving because of our political differences honestly oh really yeah it was that bad wow and seriously go ahead sorry no it's okay we just had factions in our family that were just like very sanctimonious factions huh yeah we only have the one uncle (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. and we all just kind of go honestly i'll throw myself into there too i don't help either like i I used (laughs) to anytime me and my uncle would start talking my grandma would be like Guys, please stop. It was like, it was not good. <laughs> Todd doesn't have any uh, any still Trumpers on his side? No. Oh, no. Damn. No. No Your family's Republican, or not Republican, um, Democratic? I have, couple, I have a couple of Republicans. Yeah, but they're not like in, hardcore. Yeah, on my mom's side of the family. But they're like Reagan Republicans. They don't like Trump. Got it, got it. But Uncle Frank is Trump country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's the one, yeah. Mm, yeah, he's the one. 
Hi, Uncle Frank. Um, (laughs) Let's see what else. We had Schiff issued three subpoenas for Pompeo for documents, documents regarding the call. Uh, I don't know why I said it that way. And reports. Oh, I know why I said it that way. But never mind. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And reports Sunday that he has he has come to an agreement with the whistleblower to testify before Congress. We just found that out like today on Sunday. I know if you if you aren't a patron, you're listening to this Monday morning, but time. So <clears throat> I think that's really interesting. And I, I'm, I don't know if that is going to be a public testimony because, I mean, we're trying to protect the whistleblower's identity, right? Uh, I, I don't know if Adam Schiff has offered him immunity as part of that deal, but I know that he had said that he would. Uh, and that might allow this whistleblower to come forward and show his face. <clears throat> did, did, didn't Giuliani actually say something crazy? Like if he ends up dead? Uh, um, he said something. I think he was talking about himself that one time. Yeah, no, he, so, yeah, he, yeah, he talking he talked about that. His, his own self. And it was this weekend, and he's like, look, if I end up dead, you know why. He said it again? Yeah. Oh, I didn't catch that. Dude, words. well, I, you know what? I don't blame the guy for being self-aware, because I get scared thinking about just the little stuff we talk about. Then I think about people above us that are, you know, more in the cause. And Giuliani is obviously on the wrong side, but he's deep <laughs> in the shit. So, yeah, I'd be terrified if I were him, too. Yeah, maybe, maybe Putin might want to shut him up. I don't know. Or his wife... <laughs> his ex-wife? Just, yeah. Oh, he doesn't have a wife right now. I think they went through a divorce, or they're oh, going through going divorce. through it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that's why he's working pro bono, so he doesn't have to pay alimony. Does he even have that's money pay. though? I don't know. He's yeah, he's got something. a lot of money left he does, over from yeah, all right? of his, he He's got more than me. I would bet. America's mayor thing. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we have some upcoming schedule of depositions. We got in a letter from Schiff to Pompeo. Uh, because Pompeo's head of State Department and uh, Secretary of State and mm-hmm. the, all these people work for the State Department. And these are the people who were all mentioned in the whistleblower complaint about who worked for the State Department, including Yovanovitch, who do- no longer works for the State Department, but used to and was replaced um, by Trump for not playing ball uh, and replaced her with Volker, um, who who was the current special envoy to the Ukraine. Uh, Volker's on October 3rd. Yovanovitch is on October 2nd. Uh, Deputy Assistant Secretary George Kent on October 7th. Uh, State Department lawyer T. Ulrich Bribul, uh will be October. It's just a weird name. <laughs> T. We'll just call him Mr. T. October 8th. Um, pity the fool. <laughs> <laughs> Who colludes with Ukraine. This man's um, very white, I imagine. Yeah. And yes, probably. Uh, <laughs> T. Ulrich Bribul. Yeah, sounds pretty <laughs> German. Uh, and then the ambassador um, to Ukraine, Sondland. Uh, who Giuliani also tried to throw under the bus along with Pompeo and Volker and that he's he'll be on October 10th so that's all, all those depositions big week bam 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 yeah you go visit it like a music festival remember we were talking about that we're going to show up with our Coachella crowns oh yeah to <laughs> what what event was that for that we were talking about doing that oh. some other scandal long ago I can't remember I don't know but we got to do that again make a trip to DC just show up there <laughs> I guess not if they're not public but it's going to yeah. be a good week. You can hang outside and yell. Yeah. And they sometimes can hear you mm-hmm. inside. <laughs> so uh, we got some other news that actually happened this week. And big, big decisions, too. And some judicial decisions about Trump's immigration policies. According to BuzzFeed News, a judge has blocked the Trump administration's attempt to speed up deportations. This happened late Friday and has to do with Trump's plan to expand fast-track deportations for those who cannot prove they have been in the country continuously for two years. The order takes effect immediately. The blocking of the order takes takes effect immediately, and DHS is now unable to enforce the policy during the appeal process. Um, Anand, let's see if I can get the name right, Balakrishnan, that's an attorney for the ACLU, has said, quote, uh, quote, the court rejected the Trump administration's illegal attempt to remove hundreds of thousands of people from the United States without any legal recourse. This ruling recognizes the irreparable harm of the policy. So that policy would have allowed the immigration officers to arrest and deport undocumented immigrants um, without a hearing in front of a judge. And it, you remember, it's the one where they you, you you can do it before Trump made this rule. You could do that within 100 miles of the border. But then Trump wanted to expand it <clears throat> to include anywhere in the United States. So that was that policy. So that's been blocked. DHS is not allowed to do it while it goes through appeals. Uh, and a federal judge ruled Friday that Trump cannot detain immigrant children indefinitely. 
saying it violates the terms of the Flores court settlement. Uh, the new Trump regulation would have replaced a 1997 Flores decision that limits government detention of children to 20 days. But this judge, Dolly G, denied the government's request and permanently enjoined them from implementing the regulations. If the new rule were allowed to go forward, it would likely result in thousands of families being detained while their cases played out in the courts. And because of the backlog created by Trump's own zero tolerance policy, that could mean those immigrants would be detained in the camps for months or even years. Oh, God. So federal injunction can't do it. Yeah. Good news. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, we'll be right back after this quick message. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, it's AG, and I want to tell you about Third Love. I am kind of obsessed with their bras, and they also have an amazing company. They're women-run, they use real women in their ads, and millions of real women's measurements to design their bras. And they're the industry leader with 80 sizes, and they have signature half-cup sizes. About half of women fall in between cup sizes, including myself, and so that's really, really amazing. And they're super fast and easy fit finder, which takes into account your size and shape, which no other bra company does. Uh, when you use it, you can find your perfect fit. You have, you know, don't, don't have to go to the store and hang out in a dark dressing room and have Becky chase you with a tape measure. It's nice. Um, over 14 million women have taken the quiz to date. It takes less than 60 seconds. Uh, and you know how much we care about uh, philanthropy here at, at Daily Beans. Well, Third Love gives you 60 days to wash it, wear it, put it to the test. And if you don't absolutely love it 100%, you return it. And Third Love will wash it and donate it to a person in need. Um, but you're not going to want to return it, I promise. Mine is literally the most comfortable bra I've ever owned. It fits me perfectly. The straps don't dig in, which is a problem I used to have with store, you know, the you know big box store bras. Uh, there's no itchy tag. I love that. There's no pinching. They're seamless. Um, no, like, you know, that armpit fat that hangs. I don't have that with my third love bra, and I love it. Uh, no cup gap either, because, again, that half cup size solved that problem. And they're lightweight and breathable, and they have this thin memory foam cup that molds to your shape. And that's proprietary to Third Love. You can't get it anywhere else. Uh, Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. So go to thirdlove.com slash dailybeans now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash dailybeans for 15% off today. You'll be glad you did. All right. So I, I kind of wanted to break down a little bit about what happened on Friday for you. Uh, I kind of, we sort of, you know, listed a bunch of crazy stuff that happened at the top of the show in the A block. Um, but a, a lot went down. So first of all, the three subpoenas um, for Pompeo. One, two, three subpoenas. Um, wow, that song. Okay. For Pompeo, who <laughs> gets, uh, he, he gets, basically they've been asking him for documents uh, uh, regarding or uh, related to this whistleblower for a while. And he's refused to hand them over. Um, that's part of congressional, I think, um, obstruction. Mm -hmm. And so now they've, they said, fine, here's subpoenas, then here, here. And three different committees have issued the subpoenas. And, and it says right there in the subpoenas that if you fail to comply, we'll consider this obstruction mm -hmm. of Congress. And that's an article of impeachment for um, for Nixon. That was one of the two articles of impeachment that passed the House. When it's obstruction, you said obstruction of Congress. Mm -hmm. So who really, that that's an indictment again, not an indictment in the literal sense, but that's against Pompeo at that point. Mm -hmm. So then... Would he actually get, I mean, what would actually come of that? I think because it's not obstruction, it's not obstruction of justice because right. impeachment is a political proceeding. Uh, and so they call it obstruction of Congress. So, I mean, you could, I guess, impeach uh, Pompeo. Pompeo, yeah. But I think what they're getting at is that this would be the Trump administration's obstruction of Congress right. under our impeachment inquiry. Yeah. And so it would be Trump as well. Yeah. Then you just have to prove that Trump was the one telling Pompeo to do that. I don't even think that you have to do that to say Trump administration's obstruction of Congress. Oh, because he's part of the administration. Yeah, because he okay. falls right under there. Hmm. That's I'm and I'm I, I'm parsing that out in my head. If I'm not correct, send us a correction. Uh, and we'll we'll talk about it on our other podcast, Mueller She Wrote. We'll get mm -hmm. it out there. You can do that by going to thedailybeans.com and uh, thedailybeanspod.com, excuse me, and selecting contact and then doing a correction because I, I'd be interested to find that out. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm sure we'll be talking to a lawyer pretty soon. I'll put that on my questions for lawyers uh, folder contact sheet. Um, I Because I think that would be a good question to know the answer to mm -hmm. uh, and why they 
designated obstruction of Congress instead of obstruction of justice. My guess being is that it's not a criminal proceeding. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see what else happened. Friday, special envoy Kurt Volker resigned. Told you about that. He could be an explosive witness. I've been saying he could be him. Uh, Dan Coats and Sue Gordon are up for John Dean of Stupid Watergate in my head. Uh, it's not Cohen. Don't don't. It's never Cohen. Um, but anyway, he's scheduled to appear before three committees now, though we don't know if these will be public hearings. I don't know at this point. I know one of them is a deposition, and that's for the the HIPSI, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. But um, the I don't know if the transcripts they could leak. Um, <laughs> but the whole point of this uh, inquiry is to get the pub- information out to the public. So if they aren't public hearings, I'm assuming there'll be some sort of a declassification process to scrub it of, you know, national security risk sources and methods, et cetera, to get the information to us. Because it's this is for us. Uh, and whereas the Mueller investigation w- was not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. I think that um, we'll see more of a push to get these to get this information and this testimony out uh, because all the Mueller stuff is under grand jury secrecy. Congress can get it, but we aren't supposed to see that. Um, and as we went over in the A block, we know that Trump has been using a code word classification system to hide potentially embarrassing memos about meetings and phone calls he doesn't want you to know about, including at least one call with Putin and another with MBS. And we found out about Trump telling the Russians in the Oval Office he didn't care uh, that Moscow interfered in the 2016 elections. Um, that really made me mad. Mm-hmm. But there's also new reporting out that uh, out of the White House that Mick Mulvaney is on shaky ground uh, with the president because he doesn't seem to have a plan on how to deal with with this fallout. <laughs> God, despite having it's not known part of the job description, <laughs> <laughs> despite having known uh, about it, presumably as early as a week before the complaint was actually officially referred. Um, Stephanie Grisham, um, new drunk driver at the White House, has come out to say that it's simply not true and Mulvaney is fine. Everyone loves Mulvaney. There's a lot of blame being hinted at surrounding this matter, uh, including that Pompeo urged Trump not to release the transcript of the call. Uh, He's probably sitting there like, told you so, bro. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that McConnell told Trump he should so he could get out ahead of the story and spin it uh, in the best way. But it appears Trump does not think this is a big deal uh, that some sources in the White House are saying he's in denial about people being really upset about this. Yeah, I wonder, do you think he really doesn't think it's a big deal because he's done so many things at this point that he's gotten away with? Yeah, either that or he's in his own little circle of of sycophants because now, you know, you fired all the adults in the White House. And so you just have your yes men around you and your yes women around you and you only watch Fox News. And so you probably don't have a perception of what and in the Beltway in D.C., everybody hates everything that he does. Uh So he probably doesn't understand what the rest of the country is feeling about this right now, at least until some polls come out on how, you know, impeachment uh, feelings have changed. Yeah. You know. Or or he's uh, got somebody that's got some account of, you know, that moment that's akin to the my presidency is is over. I'm fucked mm-hmm. or, or whatever. You know, there's got to be something like that. Maybe that's mm-hmm. also happening behind the scenes that. Yeah, that we just don't know, don't know about, about yet. But uh, everybody is telling on everybody. And it's I don't know. It's fun to watch for me. Um, and the crux here is that the transcript that he released it could it, it, the reason that it hurt him so badly is first of all it's just it implicates him uh if if not in quid pro quo which i think it clearly does but even if you take the quid pro quo out of it he is asking a foreign leader for dirt on a political opponent that is blatantly illegal mm-hmm. um but also this transcript corroborates the whistleblower's complaint which he's trying to discredit desperately um, had he not released it, he could have argued like a he said, he said thing if this if this whistleblower is a he. Um, but the transcript clearly to me shows quid pro quo, at least, and, and to most of us. But uh, even if people like Jim Jordan and Lindsey Graham crackers can't see this, this quid pro quo here, it most certainly, like I said, proves the president asked a foreign leader to interfere in our elections. Mm-hmm. And that's a violation of federal campaign finance laws. But the president has done nothing but corroborated the whistleblower complaint with his releases <laughs> yes. while publicly trying to say it's a hoax. Um, not only by releasing the transcript, but by admitting he hides politically sensitive memos in a code word classified system mm-hmm. to prevent leaks. God, gaslighting is fuck. Yeah. And his own oh. DNI McGuire has testified the transcript corroborates the complaint. The DNI said that. He's like, yeah, no, this holds up. Uh, I think it's one of the reasons they found the complaint credible. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and DNI, t- so he testified that uh, to that, McGuire. Yet Trump continues to say that none of this is a problem. And I don't think he has any honest advisors, like I said, telling him just how fucked he is. Um, he's pretty fucked. Yeah. Actually, can we hear that clip? I haven't heard that clip in a while. Can we hear our fucked clip? So we also had a few question from, uh, questions from listeners this week. On, on I think we put out on Twitter and Facebook and our close Facebook group to our patrons and stuff. Like, if you have any questions about this insane amount of news, hit, hit us up. And we got a couple uh, at Schmanuel and Kim Congdon want to know what we know about the NRA. And uh, Jordan, you covered that pretty detailed in in the main Mueller she wrote episode. But you wanted to like a quick synopsis for us. There's two stories that came out, right? Yeah, totally. So uh, basically, the NRA first thing is Wayne LaPierre apparently met with Donald Trump in the White House, and they essentially talked about what the NRA needs from Trump or what they are not getting from Trump, uh, and how that will affect their contributions to him. And his legal defense funds is one of the things that those talked about. And just his support for his 2020 campaign, basically, as well. Yeah, I think the basic conversation broke down to you stop gun control legislation and I'll give you money for your legal defense fund in your campaign. Yeah. And these kinds of conversations would make sense, obviously, uh, because we see Trump wavering himself on his own stances on gun control over time. So stuff like coming out saying, yeah, it's time for us to make some sort of change here. It seems like we need to expand background checks. And then not long after, totally going back on that and saying, eh, no, we have enough background checks. And those are direct talking points that are coming from Wayne LaPierre, pretty sure. Mm. Uh, So we'll see what happens with that, because the NRA, as we know, is a failing organization currently. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, and the then, other one was like a Ron Wyden. Yes, there was a report. Yeah, Senate Senate Finance Committee. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, yes, I so. uh, they released a report this week that further details all of the Butina and Torsion bullshit that was going on, and the NRA's extensive efforts to work in conjunction with the Russian government, essentially, effectively, I should say. Mm -hmm. Not anything that was explicitly laid out as such, but they knew that Butina and Torshin were acting as essentially representatives of the Russian government in some way, Mm -hmm. and they continued to do some sort of, you know, I mean, the trip to Moscow was funded by the NRA, even though the NRA tries to distance themselves from that and say that wasn't the case. It 100% was the case. That comes out in this report. They yeah, also, the reason I think they want to distance themselves from that, sorry to interrupt you, no, it's okay. is, is because it, couldn't it jeopardize their status as a, a tax-exempt organization? Yeah, right? yeah. So you're not allowed to use funds from your nonprofit to personally benefit you in any way. That's the first thing. And the second thing is you're not allowed to basically lobby for things that are far outside your core mission as a nonprofit. So a trip to Moscow, for example, which was comprised of a bunch of NRA business people, essentially, who uh, one of them, for example, is the CEO of an entire arms distributor, essentially, uh, that's separate from the NRA. That could be considered to be a personal benefit, a professional benefit that that guy's going to be getting from the ties that he creates going on a trip like that. So... That's to be determined mostly by the other investigations probably that are going on because the Republicans on the committee are pushing back for, on this report saying it means nothing. This is an overreach um, at wor- like worst case scenario. It's nothing that can't be rectified with a small sanction. But like we were talking about on the main episode of Militia, the fact that the Republicans are even talking about sanctions in response to what came out in the report, I think, is indicative of there definitely being some sketchy stuff that is agreed upon by both sides. Yeah. And I wanted to, I just, this just came across my desk here. Um, There's new polling out. Um, Axios is reporting an ABC Ipsos poll um, saying 63% of voters uh, say Trump asking Ukraine to probe Biden is a very serious problem. 63%. Uh, Impeachment, approval for impeachment uh, rose uh, pretty dramatically. We're up to 43 to 49% in two different polls. Wow. Um, supporting impeachment. 32% of Republican voters say that this is a serious problem. 42? 32. 32. That's high. Yeah. That's big. So mm-hmm. that, those poll numbers just came out. We'll keep you updated on the polls as they change. I think they're going to rapidly change. I know that Nixon went from like a 19% supporting impeachment at the beginning of his hearings to over. 45 maybe 50 i can't remember what the ending number was but he he left so doesn't matter 
Uh, and other questions. Maria McKay wants to know if we think Pelosi will become president. Uh, and so a lot of people are positing that if Pence is impeached and Trump is impeached, then the the succession to the White House indicates that the Speaker of the House would become president of the United States. So that's what some people are positing could happen. I don't know. I think that there's probably ways around that, preventing that from happening. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't know if they have enough to take Pence down also, sadly. Yeah, and the Republicans in the Senate would definitely not vote to impeach Pence. Right. And you can't do it as a package deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Otherwise, I'd say that. Like, if you can be up, if you want Trump and Pence together, you have to do them together. Yeah. You know, you have to adopt them together. They're they're a bonded pair. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to impeach them at the same time. (laughs) A bonded pair. Uh, Because... I don't think I think that the Senate be like, we're not getting rid of Pence. Pence is going to have to pick, you know, be the be the president, pick a new VP. And then he Pence can pick the new VP. But I think that that has to be uh, okayed by the Senate. Yeah, definitely. And their strategy up until this point, too, has been to keep Pence pretty isolated from everything, starting with the Flynn stuff when that first started coming out. Right. That's like always been their strategy, I think. Keep Flynn as conceivably or keep Pence as conceivably isolated from any sort of blame and any sort of knowledge of wrongdoing as possible. Probably with the end game of Trump might be impeached in mind, honestly, and we don't want to lose our Republican led presidency. Yeah, and Karen Pence has been uh, putting out photos of herself. Of course, her name's Twitter. Karen. Of course, <laughs> my God, she don't care. She's yeah. the Karen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's the head of all the Karens. Um, she, <laughs> she. Um, there's a funny story about her. It just came out, and uh, Jack Bryan and I talked about it over the weekend as well. Um, he writer director of Active Measures. Mm-hmm. Um, but Karen Pence apparently was very very upset about the Access Hollywood tape where Trump said he's you know moved on somebody like a bitch, grab her like a pussy, they let you do it. She was very incensed at that really really mad and apparently there's now a story out that on the night of inauguration uh, when mike pence went to give her a kiss that because they won she stopped him and she said you got what you want now leave me alone oh jeez, <laughs> yikes she was mad oh, and my. i don't know if she's still mad but that's why she always just looks like mm. oh god gross yeah, funny story. Uh, at Frog Brother wants to know how we can get the Putin and MBS calls from the server. Uh, I think that the Senate Intelligence Committee and the House Intelligence Committee can subpoena. Uh, I should say the House Intelligence Committee because we haven't gotten impeachment over the Senate yet. But uh, that doesn't prevent the Senate Intel Committee from subpoenaing this if they want it. But under impeachment, uh, it would be uh, a, f- a stronger subpoena. They, I think they can subpoena the the memos that are in there. And it's a very uh, tight kept, you know, access system. So anyone who changes or modifies or adds or removes anything from it or destroys anything in it, you it's code word classified. So you know exactly who did it. And there's only probably like less than a dozen people who have access to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I might even say a smaller number than that. But I'm, I'm guessing just based on the sort of reports from people who are in the know that I've heard from, but I don't want to. You know, that's weak sourcing. Weak source <laughs> instead of weak sauce. Um, I like that. So I think that they can subpoena that. Of course, Trump would probably stonewall that. We'd probably not hand it over. And mm-hmm. I think that would go to the Supreme Court. And that's mm-hmm. going to be the Nixon tapes of this. Because if you remember yep. the Nixon tapes, what happened was is there was like a, a gap, an 11 minute gap or an 18 minute gap, something mm-hmm. significant in the tapes. Uh, and the person said they just yeah. accidentally turned it off yeah. and then <laughs> happened to and, come right and back. then realized it and turned it back on just in time yep. to miss the criming mm-hmm. uh, and so then they had transcripts of the tapes and they you know they, they were supposed to hand these tapes over and and nixon didn't want to do it he tried to do a, the stennis compromise where he had a, a hard of hearing a notoriously hard of hearing senator listen to the really hard to hear tapes like even then when they were fresh they were impossible to hear they were on reel to reel uh, tapes, record, recording devices. And they were going to have, they basically, Nixon's like, I'll tell you what, I'll summarize what's in the tape, kind of reminiscent of what Barr did with the Mueller report or this transcript of the call that seems to be summarized uh, before the White House released it. I'll summarize what's in these uh, in these tapes, uh, Nixon said, and then we'll have Stennis listen to him and then tell you that my summary is correct. Uh, that was his way. Yeah. And so I, I just imagine that um, somebody might say, you know, hey, we're going to do we're going to have an independent somebody in the Department of Justice put out a summary of what's 
in these call, calls and meetings and what's in this server. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to fly. Yeah. It's just not going to fly. And there's precedent for it, like really solid precedent in a very, very exact the same situation. So Yeah. The downfall of our democracy will be documented in summaries. <laughs> yeah, in tweets. <laughs> Bill Barr summaries. Bill Barr summaries. Yeah. Um, Rodan23, an iHeart ruiner, asked why Barr is in Italy right now. Hmm. Um, and he's there, uh, you know, possibly meeting with Russians. Barr traveled to Italy on about September 26th. Other folks of consequence in Italy right now include the Rosneft CEO Sessions oh, Amoil and Robolovlev. Oh, shit. Uh, an associate of his is there, the Robolo- <laughs> Robocop. He's the one who bought Trump's $50 million mansion for $100 million uh-huh. and then sold it for 50 yeah. Money laundering? That guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's there on official business, but uh, the, the, they say that Barr is there. The DOJ says Barr is there on official business, but they'll only say he's meeting with government officials. And meanwhile, the State Department announced Friday that Pompeo will travel to Italy from October 1st through the 6th. Um, While I think he's physically distancing himself from the whistleblower scandal, some on the right think he's there to interview Mifsud with Papadop tweeting, AG Barr has been in Italy. As I explained months ago, Mifsud was an Italian operative handled by the CIA. Italy holds the keys to the kingdom. Oh, Jesus. Uh, whatever that means. but The deep state kingdom. Yeah. But it's not outside the realm of possibility that Trump sent him there to investigate yeah. Mifsud's role in the Spygate conspiracy mm-hmm. theory. Because, you know, I mean, Trump sent Giuliani to Ukraine to look at the DNC crowd strike conspiracy theory, deep state shit. Like, they just have these conspiracy theories and they're sending people out to see if they can find anything that might give a little bit of credence to any of their insane theories, which yep. have no credence whatsoever so who knows what he's doing there but they're, they're there i think that's interesting but bar and Pompeo are like nothing's going on over here we're just gonna toddle off to italy for a while i 100 percent bet that they're there to investigate those conspiracy theories i think so too because they've been doing that all around with the hillary shit too yeah and so they ramped up with the whistleblower complaint they ramped up the hillary email uh investigation um, basically sending out letters to a bunch of people who sent he- Hillary emails like 10, 12 years ago, retroactively classifying them. Bill Barr is retroactively classifying them and saying, you sent classified information to Hillary in 2006. You you know, we're investigating you. Uh, so they ramped up the Hillary's emails. They ramped, they're doing this DNC crowd strike thing and they're going at it from several angles too. It's not just Giuliani in Ukraine. It's Roger Stone trying to compel crowd strike documents from from the government that don't exist the government's like they're that you they don't exist your you know motion to compel is moot and roger stone said yeah you're right mm-hmm. uh and then you know we've got the this conspiracy theory now this mifsud was an asset of the you know of this deep state it's a just, plant it's just hilarious uh and sad that they actually are running around spending taxpayer dollars following leads on conspiracy theories yep um, Melanie Hawkins asked if McConnell will be forced to take up an impeachment trial in the Senate. Uh, and that came out. Uh, we, we, as we know, McConnell, before Nancy did a, a, I guess, a, you know, official impeachment inquiry announcement, although a lot of Republicans are saying it's not official because we haven't held a, a vote in the full house on it, but that's not in the constitution that says you have to do that. It's just what we did before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before she announced this impeachment inquiry, McConnell was like, over my dead body, I'm not doing a trial in the Senate. I don't care what you, I'm not impeaching, I'm not doing it. I'm not even bringing it up. But after she announced, he was quiet all week. And then on Friday, um, he says that if the House passes articles of impeachment, that the Senate will be forced to go to trial. So, and Chief uh, Roberts would uh, preside over that trial Mm -hmm. because the Chief Justice does. Damn, that's intense. I I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. It's it's pretty big. Whoa. It's pretty crazy. It's going to happen. Yeah, it will. Uh, it will totally happen. Yeah, he'll be impeached. I think, I don't know, but if by the Thanksgiving timeline, I think they might just start uncovering all this craziness and it's going to be interesting to try to keep it just focused on one thing with all of the crazy shit. that Like if you think about if we get what's in that server, you can't just keep it on Ukraine. It's going to be about everything that's mm-hmm. in there. And there might only be 15, 20 meetings that are in there that we you know we shouldn't, that Trump doesn't want us to know about. Or where there's explosive shit, but you know, pick three. Right. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, 
The big fish in the story, I think, is the quid pro quo already, or one of the big fish. And that's only, that's my point, I guess, is that that's only one element of this, and it's huge. So the fact that it could possibly lead to more conversations that all have their individual huge elements like that, that's Mm -hmm. fucking crazy. Yeah, the Ukraine asking for foreign assistance on a political opponent, whatever he asked Putin to do, and whatever he talked to MBS about, if it's Khashoggi, that's Mm -hmm. uh, what I think is probably going to be one of the most damning things. And I'm a little scared to know, honestly, what it is. Me too. And I really hope that the freaking UN or like something i don't know whoever's looking over human rights watch you know <laughs> well because i think they no one it seems like could like mbs was not held accountable really at all in the ways that he was supposed to be and now i'm seeing that he's coming out saying like vaguely accepting responsibility saying that it happened under his watch but that's like all he's saying mm-hmm. i just it's just so gross and it was such a underwhelming and not appropriate response to what he did yeah, I, I just or have what a feeling he oversaw. that I have a feeling that call is going to make me very sad. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll be back after a quick word with a great story about FEC Chair Ellen Weintraub and how she's trolling Maine justice. So stick around. With the news about corruption in the White House coming at us at light speed, it's a wonder anyone can get a good night's sleep. And a terrible mattress makes it worse. So no need to sleep like you're at camp or on your college roommate's futon. So out with the old, in with a great night's sleep with Helix Mattress. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. So whether you're a side sleeper or a hot sleeper, if you like a plush or a firm bed, with Helix, there's no more confusion, no more compromising on an average mattress that doesn't fit your needs. Helix Sleep was awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix is offering up to $125 off all mattress orders for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $125 off. All right, so if all the news from Friday weren't enough, uh, Saturday night, the Washington Post dropped a story that shortly after the Department of Justice Justice learned about the whistleblower complaint in August... Uh, And reports are now saying they learned it about a week before they got the official complaint and told the White House about it, too. But shortly after they learned of it at the Department of Justice, they ramped up their investigation into Hillary's emails. That's right. Mm -hmm. Hillary's emails. So as we were saying before, about 130 officials uh, have gotten uh, a letter. And and the Washington Post is doing this reporting because people who got this letter gave it to the Washington Post. They're like, look at what the fuck we just got. And it basically says, uh, hi, you sent an email to Hillary Clinton, unsecure server, private uh, inbox, uh, back in 2007. Uh, We've looked over it and we've decided to reclassify it as classified. And so now this could be a problem. So they're retroactively classifying previously not classified information to create a scandal to probably take the heat off of them in this Ukraine shit, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just I can't believe they're bringing up Hillary's emails again because Julie I said was it in the Mueller she wrote episode or was it in this episode where you were talking about the sexism when Hillary I don't remember maybe the Mueller she wrote yeah. episode yeah. Was, yeah it was definitely in the Mueller she wrote episode but it's it's astounding isn't it just to think about this kind of yeah like <laughs> opening your email investigation again it's crazy yeah yeah it's super hypocritical yeah and uh, like we said and Jordan you were bringing this up too this there seems to be this effort to go out and reopen and try to just make these conspiracy theories real, make the emails a real problem, mm-hmm. make the FISA warrant dossier stuff a problem, make Spygate a problem, make Struck and Page a problem, make Joe Biden a problem. None of all of it's been resolved that there's no problem here in Trump's presidency like you had the the House and the Senate and the administration and the attorney general, and you were still not able to bring charges against any of these people. And yet you somehow think that spending our taxpayer dollars traipsing around the, the Ukraine, Italy, wherever the fuck you're going to to follow up on these absolutely false conspiracy theories. It's that is what I think taxpayers should be like most upset about that mm-hmm. you're doing this. Mm-hmm. 
Like, yeah, he's probably funding a committee to see if chemtrails flying all around the world and shit too. And yeah, Mm -hmm. it's it's uh, definitely a distraction, one hundred percent. And it's honestly pretty successful as far as the Republicans are concerned, right? That's what the base is focusing on. They're not talking about the legitimacy of any of this. No, they're talking about all of this stuff that they're stirring up right now again and continue to keep stirring. Uh, another story came out. This is great. I have a massive justice crush on our uh, FEC chair. Her name is Ellen Weintraub. She's Democrat, Democratic chairwoman. She took a dramatic step Friday using Twitter to release an entire draft of a memo addressing uh, foreign election interference meant to uh, provide guidance on the rules about prohibited activities involving foreign nationals in elections. That memo's publication was blocked by a Republican official on the FEC. And Weintraub has said it's unusual Uh, if ever, for another commissioner to object to publishing our weekly newsletter thing. Mm -hmm. Weintraub said, I don't need her permission to put out a statement. So she tweeted out the memo in its entirety on Friday. (laughs) And so the memo that she is referring to here, uh, I have it. Where is it? Where did I put it? It is basically an eight-page document where she says... um, I request that the attached document be made public that has been placed on the agenda for the commission's next open meeting. It's not my ideal statement of the law, but I believe the document fairly reflects the commission's interpretation of the foreign national political spending prohibition. And so she goes in to say the Federal Election Commission is summarizing its interpretation of the prohibition on foreign national contributions, donations, expenditures, and disbursements in connection with a federal, state, or local election, as well as the prohibit. The, the prohibition on soliciting, accepting, or receiving a contribution from a foreign national under the Federal Election Campaign Act and Commission regulations. So basically, she's writing up her interpretation and the, and the FEC's interpretation of what it means to accept foreign help from a government to interfere in an election. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is obviously, I think, in response mm-hmm. to what's going on in yeah. the Ukraine call. Not just a coinkadink. Yeah. And <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> and then now we have a, the Republican on the FEC blocking it. I'm wondering who directed that Republican to block it or if they just decided to block it. But she, you know, she goes on to say the act uh, defines a contribution to include any gift, subscription, loan, advance, a deposit of money or anything of value made by any person for the purposes of influencing any election for federal office. It's 52 U.S. Code 3, uh, 30101, Section 8. It's so clear. She says anything of value includes all in-kind contributions, such as the provision of any goods or services without charge or at a charge that is less than the usual and normal charge for such goods or services. Um, the act also defines a contribution. Uh, and I'm wondering if that like little stipulation might make Trump come out and said, we were going to pay for it. And the act also defines a contribution to include the payment by any person of compensation for their personal services of another person, which are rendered to a political committee without charge for any purpose. So paying somebody to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she goes on to quote the Bipartisan Campaign Reform Act of 2002, saying Congress expanded the act's nat- foreign national prohibition to especially prohibit expressly prohibit donations in addition to contributions. Uh, It also codified the commission's longstanding interpretation of the prohibition, expressly applying it to state and local elections as well as to federal elections. And, and she just continues to go on to pretty, uh, pretty much talk about like how Mueller did in section three, like here's how obstruction of justice laws are interpreted and here's why they stand up and here's why you're subject to that. And so Ellen Weintraub here is like, here's what the law says it's pretty difficult to misinterpret uh, here. Mm-hmm. And now the only thing that got Junior off the hook in the Mueller investigation for ex- agreeing to solicit and accept dirt on Hillary Clinton in that June 9th Trump, uh, Trump Tower meeting in 2016 was that he didn't willfully and knowingly violate this law. Mm-hmm. And you can't say that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get two chances to, mm-hmm. to be too stupid to crime. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I just thought that that was a great uh, thing that that uh, Ellen Weintraub did. I thought it was excellent. She's like, mm, yeah, here, if you won't let me uh, put out my little weekly newsletter and put this in there just so everybody can be educated on, you know, the, the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act and this all this other stuff, um, particularly finance campaign finance, not Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, but the, the campaign finance violation uh, law, then uh, great, I'll tweet it out. I'll write it up and tweet it out. Here you go. So she did. So I retweeted it. And you should, too. Uh, And from ProPublica on Friday, they say the night before the Washington Post reported Giuliani was scheduled to make a paid appearance at a Kremlin-backed conference. (laughs) 
which Giuliani then canceled after the story came out and said, I had no idea. I had no idea. It was Kremlin back conference. Oh, oh, what? Wait, what was the conference? Uh, it's it's a Kremlin backed conference. It's an anti it's a pro Russian pro oligarch. It's not it's not like cupcake conference. No. <laughs> no. Funded by the Russians coincidentally. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a straight up I want to go to a cupcake like, conference. Okay. <laughs> I like cupcake conferences. That sounds delicious. <laughs> oh, there was a cupcake honestly. <laughs> yeah. Honestly cupcake conference. Uh, but a court but here's the here's the kicker though. Uh, according to ProPublica, he attended the same conference last year, hmm. and they have tape of it uh, via the Trump Inc. podcast from WNYC, our buddies hmm. over at Trump Inc. Mm-hmm. Giuliani went to the conference at the in, uh, at the invite and was billed to be on a panel with two Putin advisors, one of whom is sanctioned. <laughs> that was the last time he went to this Kremlin back contest con, uh, contest also con- a contest, contest. Yeah. convention a loyalty contest. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. If you go to ProPublica's Twitter feed, you can watch him speak at the conference last year, um, saying he wasn't there representing Trump, but as a private citizen, illustrating that he knew it was bad to be there. But then Washington Post updated its report showing that not only was Rudy going uh, to go this year, but he was scheduled to speak on the panel with the same sanctioned Putin advisor that he spoke with the year before. So when Rudy says he has no idea it was a Kremlin-backed anti-NATO fuckfest, he's full of shit uh, because that's what this is, right. basically. An annual event. <laughs> An annual event. The, the anti-NATO fuckfest. So Giuliani's had quite a week. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with this guy, but he, he has come out. We, you know, we talked about this a little bit. He showed up on Ingram's show on Fox News showing his text messages from Volcker at the State Department saying that Volcker directed him to speak to these, you know, these Ukraine guys and uh, that he wasn't rogue and it wasn't Trump. Uh, And I think that that's why Volcker, uh, Volcker's testimony is going to be so important because, I mean, you know, if you think about it, like, like I said, Volcker's like a McCain guy, right? I think he headed up the McCain Foundation or something like that or the McCain Institute, some McCain joint. And he's anti-Russia. He would have been um, pro-lethal language uh, against Russia for Ukraine and Mm -hmm. and the RNC platform. That would have bothered Mm -hmm. him, I would assume. Anything that we can think of that would, you know, that would bother somebody like McCain or Mitt Romney, for example, uh, with regards to Russia, not like abortion, but would would probably also bother this fella. So I'm really interested to see what he has to say. And I really do that. I hope that either that, either those depositions videos, those depositions or transcripts of... um, of his testimony come out. Uh, I, but what I'm wondering, though, wouldn't those have to be declassified by the Department of Justice? God, God I don't know. I don't trust them, though, if they're supposed to do anything. <laughs> and I'm wondering what, if anything, if Adam Schiff could be like, I'm deciding it's not classified. I'm releasing it. Mm-hmm. Like, th- that could backfire. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense that we're kind of heading towards a sort of civil war between Congress and the Justice Department on a more like literal legislative, not legislative, but uh, legal, legal legal level, I guess. Yeah, like yeah. That. Political. Yeah. Totally. Oh, you mean a legal battle specifically? Yeah. 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 I can like see that. Like if Schiff does something and then the Justice Department can be like, no, we're going to prosecute you for that. Mm-hmm. I can see that happening. Yeah. Maybe the civil war will start in Congress and then branch out to the rest of the country. <laughs> so we'll get a head start to see where the chips yeah, fall. Yeah. I guess by, well... I know what you mean. Yeah, you don't mean a, li- a literal. Yeah, I was <laughs> no, going to say civil civil war as in like like a literal civil war. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I do fear with all this polarization, but the political like gridlocking, it's all going to reach a boiling point and, and, and something's going to give, but hopefully won't be in the form of like, you know, a bloody massacre. But yeah, some kind of like breaking point. Yeah, I see it coming. But this, you know, I mean, there wouldn't be a bloody massacre in the Congress for sure. But no, no, no. unless the people go to Congress in that case. But uh, just like testing the Constitution, basically, yes. and who's mm-hmm. allowed to do what if, and, yeah, in the yeah. event of the DOJ blocking everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like if <clears throat> the DOJ somehow classified the entire conversation or the entire testimony, 
then maybe there would be a solution in the courts. Like you could say, well, I'm, I'm going to subpoena that then. Uh, and we can allow the courts to decide, or maybe the court can appoint a magistrate to a, a, a bipartisan magistrate to decide what's classified information or something, mm-hmm. or challenge your classification mm-hmm. of this information in the courts. I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, I think you're right. Something like that would probably happen before Schiff would go all rogue. Yeah, completely. Schiff hits the fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Rogue Schiff. Yeah, because I mean, there was a couple things prior with the Mueller investigation that I think DiFi went rogue on and, and released. But, you know, I think this is a different situation where if you need to have that ironclad case that Nancy Pelosi has been talking about forever and, and holding up impeachment to get, you could jeopardize that case by releasing information that didn't go through the proper channels. But like, I, I think it's so important to understand how not having an independent Justice Department can impact our system of mm-hmm. government like this. Yeah. We just can't trust them. So that's what's going on with uh, Giuliani. And we had, I just, is it just me or is he getting crazy? Like <laughs> crazier perhaps? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like his yelling, his, cause you were just talking about that, right? Is it acting like a fifth grader on a, on a talking head show? Yeah. Uh, it, I, I just, what do you think that he would make a good witness to bring in front of uh, testimony in the impeachment hearings? Yes. Uh, you think so? 100%. Good for who? Good for the justice. Of course, good for they, the Democrats. They can, yeah, they can dismiss whatever they want, but in terms of getting this on the record, absolutely. Yes, yeah, yes. he's just so crazy, though. I don't think his testimony would be credible. Like, would he get that far to even become a witness? Probably not. But I think he should. I, oh, my God. I think people that tune out the news would tune into this and they need to hear it straight from Giuliani's fucking mouth. Like, yeah, yeah I think let it, it might be, be good forever. forever. I think it might be good for the Democrats, too. in, in just that he, he doesn't know when to shut up. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I'm, I'm wondering if he's going to get so manic if it does come to the point where he's actually called to sit and talk <laughs> in front of them. Like that scene in that movie when he's like you can't handle the truth and all yeah. that stuff yeah, yeah yeah like he would just go so crazy that everyone was just like oh my god okay do we even do we even put this on the, the why record not? why <laughs> like, why omit it it's like the reality of the president's advisor you know what you could do is you could do uh behind closed doors and release the transcript mm-hmm. oh yeah just lots of caps like and all caps and exclamation <laughs> yeah. marks and just question marks kind of subvert the circus that's fair they read it. r kelly's sex tape out loud instead of showing it so <laughs> some things are just too obscene oh i agree wow. i agree I didn't know they did that. Yeah, yeah. Dave Chappelle did a really great joke about that. Yeah, in his new special. <laughs> yeah, the thing about like, uh, yeah, lying about what age totally. she was. <laughs> oh wow! All right, well, I'll tell you what, we'll be right back with a little uh, Schadenfreude, some hashtag. Stick around. Every night I try to fall asleep, but there's, uh, you know, those days when anxiety and stress from the news and current events just keeps me awake. And no matter what I take or what I do, I, I just doesn't help. So finally, I tried Calming Comfort by Sharper Image. This is the amazing weighted blanket that helps you relax so you can fall asleep and stay asleep naturally. Calming Comfort is designed with high-density comfort fill to provide exactly the right amount of weight to help relax your body. It mimics the soothing feeling of being hugged for less stress and a restful night's sleep. It's made with super soft velveteen material, and it's designed to promote a sense of calmness and relaxation for a more restful sleep, and you'll wake up feeling more refreshed. Calming Comfort applies an even amount of pressure all over your body to help the production of serotonin and melatonin, and it simulates deep-touch pressure stimulation. It's 100% machine washable, and it's dryer safe, and it also makes a great holiday gift. It fits anyone on your gift-giving list, and who doesn't know someone who could benefit from a better night's sleep? And for your walking around time, they have the Thermo Comfort Wrap. It's a neck and shoulder wrap that instantly calms and relaxes with deep pressure therapy. The clay beads provide the perfect amount of pressure, uh, relaxing the muscles in your neck and shoulders. So that's for your walking around time. Uh, I'm in love with mine. I love this blanket. I sleep like a baby. I feel more secure uh, so I can fall asleep easier and faster. That's one of my problems. I take forever to fall asleep. Uh, and my Thermo Comfort Wrap melts my stress away, especially when I heat it up in the microwave. It's like a little warm, gentle hug. I love it. The Calming Comfort Weighted Blanket comes with a 90-day, anxiety-free, stress-free, best night's sleep of your life guarantee from Sharper Image. Right now, just for our listeners, you can go to calmingcomfortblanket.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS at checkout to receive 15% off the displayed price. Again, that's calmingcomfortblanket.com. Use promo code DAILYBEANS. And because you can't put a price on a great night's sleep, go online now at calmingcomfortblanket.com com and use your promo code daily beans for your special discount today okay welcome back everybody uh one other headline we should mention from over a week ago and i missed this i'm not sure how it slipped through the cracks here for me but uh ayanna presley has filed an impeachment resolution against brett kavanaugh after the exposure of new allegations against him that recently came out 
And reporting from the New York Times saying the FBI investigation we thought was a sham actually was a sham because nearly 25 people, at least in these two um, allegations, weren't even interviewed. So um, they were deemed, uh, they should have been interviewed because they were deemed witnesses to the alleged sexual assaults. Uh, Quote, sexual predators do not deserve a seat on the nation's highest court. And Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation process set a dangerous precedent. We must demand justice for survivors and hold Kavanaugh accountable for his actions. And so that's um, Rep. Ayanna Presley. But now Jerry Nadler has come back. And I'm interested to hear what you guys think about this. But Jerry Nadler has come back and said the committee is too inundated with reviewing Trump's possible impeachment to shift focus on Kavanaugh. He told that to WNYC. He says, quote, we have our hands full with impeaching the president right now, and that's going to take up our limited resources and time for a while, unquote. Uh, He made that statement before the new impeachment plan was launched, which Mm -hmm. moved the focus out of the House Judiciary Committee into the House Intelligence Committee. Uh, and focuses on Ukraine, narrows the scope there. Although Pelosi has said the other six uh, committees are still doing their investigations that they were con- that they were already doing. And, yeah. and we do know that there's still a bunch going on and that nothing less is happening in the Judiciary Committee. Right. But I don't think that this Ukraine thing is piling on to them, at least at this time. Yes. And like you said, the statement he made was before all of this Ukraine stuff really mm-hmm. blew up. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. Do you think they should move forward with looking into that or focus on their impeachment stuff? They've also passed a bunch of bills. But like, I'm I'm wondering why of all the things they've been able to do simultaneously with these investigations, that this is something that they aren't taking up. Yeah, I bet they think that it's going to cause more concern amongst maybe their Republican colleagues for not supporting them. Maybe they're trying to do like a cost benefit analysis right now, which is shitty if it leaves victims in the dark and it leaves justice in the dark like that but maybe that's what's going through their brain like not only do we have the not time right now but we also have a very fickle group of people who we might just have a chance of getting on our side at least some of them enough that's required to impeach him in the house officially and then maybe yeah and how would you prioritize that like what would you say is more important uh impeaching kavanaugh uh, having a sexual predator on the Supreme Court, is that more urgent than the national security crisis we're in under the president? If you had to pick one to focus on, hmm. what would you say? Uh, especially, I would just impeach them both. I wouldn't even pick one. I'd, I'd go for both of it. You'd say both at the same time? Totally. But what if I said you only have time to do one right now? I'd say fuck that noise. <laughs> you say I can I can walk and chew gum at the same time. Yeah, I feel like there's enough authority to get that done. Yeah, anyone that has that says we have to choose, it's like no, get them both out because you're just gonna get, let Kevin all get away with it. If but Nadler is saying we have to choose. Yeah, even then I'm like, do we really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I'm, reason I'm Kavanaugh's there is because of Trump. <laughs> so if Trump is out, I don't know though. Mike Pence totally would also have put up Kavanaugh. There's another consideration too, and I'm sure there's millions of considerations here. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with this. I'm just throwing it out there as a consideration: is that you know we they want to do this impeachment, and they want to do it before the campaign gets into full swing, right? Uh, whereas Kavanaugh's a lifetime appointment, yeah. Uh, and I maybe they see that that is something they can get to, mm-hmm. uh, and they are prioritizing the Trump impeachment. But again, this happened before the Ukraine stuff yes. uh, happened, which I think is even more urgent. But to say, like, even back then, um, to always, because I felt like Nadler was always constantly defending his able, ability to legislate and investigate at the same time. Mm-hmm. But to not take this one up, I don't know, it just seemed odd. It just seemed a little yeah, odd. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, it's probably just as simple as 2020 is coming up, and that's what everyone has their eyes on. And impeaching a justice is not something that's going to really affect voter turnout as much as something as putting all of your eggs into the impeachment basket is going to. No, that's true. Uh, all right, hey, let's uh, let's do a little Schadenfreude. Do you know what Schadenfreude is? No, I do not know what Schadenfreude is. Please tell me because I'm dying to know. It's a German term for shameful joy. For me, the Schadenfreude this week is that Trump is about to start drowning in his own formal officials coming forward with information about politically sensitive meetings and calls that have been hidden in the code word classified system at the White House. There's a handful of people who know what's in those 
calls mm-hmm. and they're already talking to the press about it. We've got the two, we've got the who, the three officials who say that there's an MBS call and a Putin call in there too. We have the officials who have come forward and said that White House meeting with Kislyak and, and Trump and, and Lavrov, oh, by the way, he also said this new really damning piece of information. They're already coming forward and talking and I think it's just going to keep getting out of control for him and that pleases me. Yeah, um, same just since the whistleblower complaint was released by the White House, we now know f- four instances in which Trump utilized this system. So uh, it's a weird thing because um, the Trump, uh, the Trump, the Trump says he's the most transparent president of all time in the history of the universe. But yet he's squirreling away these calls that he doesn't want you to hear, not because they have national security information in them, not because they're, they have sensitive nuclear talks in mm-hmm. them, uh, you know, anything like that. Uh, uh, ISIS fighting or ops, special ops, like uh, I'm sure the bin Laden op was in, in this kind of a system to keep fewer eyes on it. Yeah. And you don't want it to leak, but to use it for your own personal political benefit it seems like an abuse of power to me. His, his excuse is going to be he was trying to prevent leaks. It's like we, if you weren't such a piece of shit, you wouldn't have such a leaky White House. Yeah. I bet that he all along had this as a plan to use that classification system to keep all of his sketchy talks under wraps and the narrative of the deep state media and the media being the enemy of the people has also been contrived from the beginning to support him doing that because that's like a foolproof that's a foolproof defense for him with his base if he's like oh yeah i know how i'm gonna do whatever i need to do to get what i want and get all my personal gains and not get caught i'm gonna do it this way and when i get in trouble for it i have all this narrative that i've already crafted and has been successfully peddled for my entire presidency and before that the media can't be trusted and will justify that it's it's kind of like it's it's an evil mastermind tactic that i am positive they've just planned all along yeah, I respect the president's need to be able to have private conversations, right, with world leaders. I get that. Um, but if not if they're about unclassified assholery, like giving up right. Khashoggi or making deals with Putin right. or, or pressuring Ukraine, holding withholding money from Ukraine to, to get him to investigate Joe Biden. I think we're going to see a lot more information uh, coming out about what's stored in the system. Um, I take great joy in watching Trump drown in those things. Maybe I'll throw him some paper towels. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I tweeted Friday that... I did tweet out Friday. I felt a little guilty for being so giddy about uh, being overjoyed by these leaks from these top officials who used to work for Trump. And that guilt, I want everyone to know, it didn't come from feeling bad for Trump because everyone's like, don't feel guilty. He's been gaslighting us for years. Uh, it, didn't, it, it, it comes because we're learning um, what we're learning uh, and what we're going to learn uh, from these leaks is going to be completely awful. It's going to be totally awful. Uh, and but I, So I, I felt a little bad for feeling so good that these terrible things are coming out. Um, but So that's kind of where my little shod, my shameful joy comes from. I know schadenfreude doesn't mean shameful joy, but it, it, it does for me in this case. It's a little bittersweet. But thanks for everyone's support, at least on Twitter, assuring mm-hmm. me that I, <laughs> I should feel no guilt for this. It's to be giddy as much as I want. I do appreciate all that. Yeah, I'm with you too. I'm also very giddy right now. Um, I'm just, I was watching all that stuff come out Friday like, oh my God, this is... Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, And I just want everyone to know, I don't think what's in these calls is wonderful. I just think it's wonderful that he's having to face that he did this. Yeah. And for the people that are probably, you know, Republicans that are like, why are you reveling in such a horrible thing if it is so horrible for our country? Because he's always doing the horrible things. And the fact that it's actually coming out and it's coming into the light, that's what makes it amazing. Obviously, I'm not reveling in the fact that he's doing shitty things. We already knew he was doing <laughs> right. shitty things. Right. We don't cheers every time he commits a crime. It's right. when he gets caught. So, exactly. Yeah, people exactly. can yeah, just shut it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah, true. That's a good point. All right. Let's get social. Hashtag. So Boris Johnson is in more trouble, uh, and his name is trending on Twitter, uh, as you might have guessed, hashtag Boris Johnson right now, because according to the New York Times, a U.S. businesswoman admitted she had an affair with Boris Johnson. Uh, she received thousands of pounds uh, from a government agency that Boris Johnson controlled when she was when he was mayor of London. This comes after reports that on Friday, a, a monitor from London City Hall referred Boris Johnson to a police watchdog for an investigation into the misconduct, alleging he gave Jennifer Arcuri money and trade missions that she wasn't qualified for. 
both Johnson uh, Johnson denies any wrongdoing here. But did, I, I think it said at the beginning of the story she admitted to it. Um, I'll have to double check on that or you can send it to corrections. But both uh, the, the great thing is this is all happening in the wake of the UK Supreme Court ruling that Johnson's prorogation of Parliament was totally unlawful. And he has his no deal Brexit is being challenged on all sides. But for more, head to Twitter. Check out hashtag Boris Johnson. And while you're there, follow us at Daily Beans Pod. Guys, that's our show for today, Monday, September 30th, 2019. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, anyone have any final thoughts? Just check out the Rachel Maddow show. Yeah. Go ahead, Jordan. I do not have any thoughts, no. All right, me neither. <laughs> for now, no take, thoughts. <laughs> take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Julissa Johnson. I've been Jordan Coburn. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is produced by AG, featuring Julissa Johnson and Jordan Coburn, and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager is Sarah Lee Steiner, and our merchandising manager is Sarah Hirschberger Valencia. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jaleesa Johnson, and Jordan Coburn, with executive assistance by Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>